You are listening to episode number 31 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you for checking it out. My name is Gordon. And, you know, every once in a while, I come across somebody usually in like social media or somewhere in the online business or not even online business space, but um, somewhere in the entrepreneurial world, come across somebody and I, I instantly am attracted to their mission and what they're trying to do and why they're trying to do it. And it's, it's, it, this happens for a whole bunch of different reasons. And one thing that I usually cling to, I guess is the right way to put it is authenticity and transparency, because I definitely don't see enough of that in the world. And if you kind of look around, uh, you'll probably pick up on a lot of patterns and a lot of repetition and a lot of like copycat type things going on. Um, but what I like to see a lot and what I do see every once in a while is just like pure and utter honesty, transparency, and authenticity. And when that is conveyed um, consistently over and over again, like in social in social media presence or in um, you know some kind of like product or service that's just uh, that's just totally like revealing in that sense where there's no you know, no scam stuff happening and no, uh, you know, no blurred lines on what's real and what's not no shades of gray, you know, everything's just authentic and, um, and just real. Uh, when that, when I see that, um, I'm instantly drawn to it and I'm instantly intrigued by the person who is doing that thing. So, uh, in this case, one person that I want to tell you about who is going to be on the show today, her name is Danielle Natoni. And I was drawn to her mission by finding her on, I actually found her on Instagram a while back, a few months back. And uh, her Instagram following is huge. It's like 120,000 people. And one thing that she does very well, besides being totally authentic and, and honest and transparent, is that she is so consistent. She's kind of like the mass. She's the textbook example of how to be consistent in social media, especially as it pertains to the Instagram platform. And she does dive into that in the interview, which is cool. Um, she talks about why she's so consistent and why it's important to her that she remains that way. But if you go in and look in her profile, you'll see, yeah, that she sticks to her same exact schedule every single day and her content is updated and refreshed and very, very, very infrequently does she repurpose that content. So she's constantly taking new content and putting it up and it's, uh, it's workouts and it's her talking about certain things as they relate to her workouts and her business and her brand and her brand is fit and funky. And we'll talk more about that as well. But besides the social media presence and all the stuff she does there, she's also, she's a speaker, she's an entrepreneur, she's a mother of two, and she's married, and her husband is also doing his own thing, and, and they kind of build are building a brand together. She talks about that a little bit. So she's got a lot going on, and all of this is following a career that she had as a school teacher. So you can 
uh, hear the story and hear how she transitioned from that profession to what she's doing now and some of the steps along the way and why she went down that path and how she's absolutely killing it now and couldn't be happier and is just loving the lifestyle that she has built for herself and for her family. So uh, one of my favorite interviews that I've done in a long time and such a pleasure to talk to. Allow me to introduce to you Danielle Natoni. Uh, well, Danielle, thank you so much for joining me. I really, really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I've been looking forward to this interview for quite some time. I think it's been about a month or so since we initially started talking and communicating. So uh, thank you so much for, for joining me. And um, why don't you take a couple of minutes before we get into the business stuff and fit and funky and all the other awesome stuff that you've got going on. Why don't we, uh, why don't you take a, just a minute or two and, and kind of tell everybody uh, who you are and what just what has you jazzed up? What has you excited in life right now? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for asking me. Super honored and excited to be talking to you and your audience as well. Um, so yeah, my name is Danielle Natoni, aka Fit and Funky. And I am a wife. My husband's name is Darren. I have two children from a previous marriage. So Adriana is almost 16, which is really weird because I'm pretty sure I'm not old enough for a kid who is <laughs> driving and preparing for college. But that's, you know, a whole nother story. And then Bianca is 11. Both my girls play uh, club volleyball. So we're really busy. Um, with our life is just volleyball, 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 um, which is fine. I wouldn't have it any other way. I am a former fifth grade math teacher turned full-time fitness professional. Uh, we live in the suburbs of Dallas, Texas. I love Texas. It's not where I'm originally from. I was born in New York and raised in Titusville, Florida, which is where the space shuttle used to go up. And I'm a proud graduate of the University of Central Florida. So um, if there's anybody, you know, in the listening to this that is from Florida, go night. <laughs> and um, I've been in Texas for uh, 10 years now, and I really just love, love Texas and the southern feel, great place to raise kids, awesome weather, minus some tornadoes here and there. Um, and, you know, what has me fired up about life? Gosh, so much. Um, I love French fries. I love <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. Um, I love a good Netflix marathon. Um, this is us right now really has me emotionally charged. Um, so if you're not watching that show, I highly recommend it, but I'm also just fired up. Um, in general, my kind of, you know, mission lately has really, you know, switched from just fitness and more to just like really, um, motivating and inspiring, especially women to realize that they come first, that in order to be a wife and in order to be a mom and in order to be a daughter and a friend and an entrepreneur and a worker and a, you know, all the things that we're asked to be that we can't do that if we don't put ourselves first. So really that's kind of what has me like waking up with fire in my belly each morning. It's like, how can I inspire more people to put themselves first and realize that it's not selfish and that that's the only way that you can truly be the best you possible for other people as well. So that's honestly what gets me like going in the morning. That's like my morning mojo right now is just figuring out like, how can I motivate more people to stop taking that stance of putting themselves on the back burner and realizing, you know, that it's, 
self-care is so important. So that's kind of, that's kind of my jam right now. <laughs> so, so amazingly well put. I, I, I really like that. Um, I was wondering if you could kind of elaborate on that. When you say put yourself first, and I couldn't agree sure. more, by the way, but if you, you know, elaborate on what, what do you mean by put yourself first? Um, I know you're catering and you're targeting and you're kind of like uh, your, your target audience is more women, but just in general people. Um, sure. What do you mean by that? Yeah. And I actually, you know, I do have a lot of men who follow me, obviously you're one of them. Right. But, um, you know, obviously my message really speaks to women and let me just give you like a great example of this. Um, so last year I went to, um, a a pageant to support a friend who was in the Mrs. America pageant and the woman that won, um, the, the, I forget the exact wording of the question to her, you know, their on stage question, but what her answer stuck with me and really struck a chord. And I already was kind of like practicing this mantra, but this is when it really struck a chord with me. Like, wow, I really need to like empower more people. And her answer started something like this. She was a mother of seven children, which is like, wow, that's a wow, lot of children. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, but she said, I, she said, I come last. It is all about my kids and my husband and everything is for them. And she just kept going on and on about basically how like she was really proud of the fact that she came last. And I thought, wow, what a backwards message. So here's the thing, you guys, you know, whether you're a wife, a mom, a dad, you know, a husband, it doesn't even matter. You know that when you're on an airplane, right? And they say, in the case we go down, put on your gas mask or air mask first <laughs> before you put on your kids. Why? Because you can't help save your kid's life if you can't breathe. And so I always use that example. It's like, we have to come first. You can't put yourself on the back burner, right? So if, if your husband and your kids come first and you come last, and so therefore you're not eating healthy and you're not working out and you're not taking care of yourself. And now you, you know, you're not in the right mental frame of mind and you're just basically, you're, you're letting yourself go. How in the world can you be a good anything to anyone if you're not your absolute best. So when I say you have to put you first, what I mean is your self-care is important. If you truly want to be the best wife or the best husband, if you truly want to be the best, you know, mom or dad, if you truly want to be like a kick-ass entrepreneur, sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word. Um, <laughs> but you know, like if you, if you really want all of that, then it starts by you being the best you possible. Because if you're subpar, then you're just going to be a watered down version of all of those things that you want to be for other people. So that's what I mean by that. You got to put on your gas mask first and then you can take care of your family and others. So it starts with you being the best you possible. You know, I've interviewed a lot of people at this point and I've read, gosh, a lot of biographies and uh, self-published books by successful entrepreneurs. And I don't think that I've ever really heard anything like that. I, I love that message. And I, I totally agree. I think it's awesome. And <laughs> the analogy, uh, going back to the airplane, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. And it, it make you know it does make perfect sense if you think about it logically. You know how Thank can you. you be there to to support people if you're not yourself? Uh, you know, kind of like take you know being um, up upkept and maintained. And yeah, no, that's 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 awesome. Um, I love that. Well said. Um, cool. So so that has you fired up. That whole thing. I love that that message and that that mission. Um, I want to talk about fit and funky, 
and sure. all the other stuff you're involved in. So you have created this brand, Fit and Funky, but you're also involved in uh, Team Beachbody, Insanity. You work with uh, Sean T. Can you just kind of tell everybody what you what you do and what you do, sure. and what you offer to people, and and your website, and and how you how you run all that stuff. Yeah. In order to do that, I kind of have to back up a little bit and kind of give you a little bit of history. And I promise I'll make this really, really brief. Um, no, but I am a former, you know, elementary school teacher and actually, you know, I've always loved fitness. I grew up as a dancer. Um, my parents were super fit when I was growing up. Like my mom took like the old school aerobics where you wore the shiny tights and the thong leotard. <laughs> and, you know, my awesome. dad worked out in what you'd call like a globo gym, yep. you know, with like the giant weight belt. And, you know, he made us like protein pancakes before that was even cool. <laughs> so, you know, I've always been interested in fitness, but it never occurred to me that that could be a career, right? And um, I went to college. Uh, my original major was political science. Like, I don't even know what I wanted to do with that because I hate politics. So I, I'm not even really sure where I was going with that. And eventually I found myself actually dropping out of college and like kind of hitting like the party scene a little bit. And um, in doing that, that's when I found myself a little bit, you know, in, in what I like to call like advanced mode, which is I was like, oh, I'm going to be a mom. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I was 22 and about to become a mom and, you know, getting married and to a, a different husband than uh, my current one. And I was like, oh, man, I should I really need to go back to school and finish my degree. And so that's when I decided to become a teacher. But in doing so, I was young, I was making poor choices, and I made a lot of poor financial choices. And that was back when, you know, colleges were really targeted by credit card companies. I'm pretty sure that's illegal now. But um, back when I was in college, you know, I'm 38. So back then, credit card companies would set up shop on campus. And they'd offer you a free T-shirt, and I would do just about anything for a free T-shirt back then. So when all was said and done, I probably had 12 maxed out credit cards. Um, after I became an elementary school teacher, which is seemingly a good-paying job, um, because I couldn't pay all those credit cards, I found myself in payday loan debt. And I don't know if you know much about payday loan debt, but um, that should be illegal if it's not already. Um, and so I would take out another payday loan debt to pay the other one. It was like, you know, I don't know what that saying is like stealing from, <laughs> right. Gotcha. So, um, when all was said and done here, I was in my early thirties. I had a, what would, you know, be classified as a good job, but I could not make it paycheck to paycheck. I had creditors calling me, my work, my family. Um, my bank account was always in the negative and I found myself in the spot of like, really, Danielle, like, really, is this really your life? Like, is this, you know, and I always felt, I always had this compelling feeling that I was meant for more, if that makes sense, right? Like I always felt that my voice was meant to be on a bigger platform and to share a bigger message. And so I thought, well, okay, this can't be it for me. I'm going to obviously have to get a second job to try to like you know, whittle my way out of debt. And I had no idea at the time that fitness instructors don't make a lot of money. But what I knew was I loved fitness and I loved dance and I liked teaching. And I used to go to the gym every day after work. That was like my one little bit of hour of sanity. And I used to watch and I'd look upstairs into the group X room and I think I could do that. I could be her, but I didn't know they didn't make money. So I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to become a group fitness instructor and that's going to help me bring in some extra cash. So that's actually what started this transition from fractions to fitness um, was I was like, all right, I need to get out of debt. 
fitness instructors are really cute. Obviously, cute people must make a lot of money, right? I was burped. Obviously. Um, So I asked my manager. I I worked out at 24-Hour Fitness, and I I went up to the, the gym manager. I was just friends with everyone, and I said, hey, I have a question for you. If I became a group fitness instructor, would you guys hire me? He was like, sure. I'm like, okay, cool. How do I do that? (laughs) So um, it's actually been seven years now since that took place. Um, I used my tax refund. That's back when I actually, the government gave me money (laughs) instead of the other way around. All the entrepreneurs listening to this, right, can feel that pain. Absolutely. so I took the money from my tax return and I signed up for my first group fitness certification class. And from there, I took the rest of it and I became a certified personal trainer. And from there, I just kept signing up for more trainings because what I figured out was, okay, you don't make a lot of money doing this. So you've obviously got to just hustle, right? The more classes I teach, the more people I train, the more additional money I'll make. And so I was teaching elementary school full time. I, at this point was teaching 14 group exercise classes a week and I was personal training as well. So I'd get to the gym at 5am. I would train some clients. I would go teach school all day. Meanwhile, I also had two children and I would then, you know, come home after school and teach some group fitness. And I was just running myself ragged. But during that time, I realized I love teaching group fitness. Like it didn't matter how tired I was. Like I just, loved putting that microphone on my head and, and moving these people, right? Like inspiring them and moving them, um, and changing lives one class at a time. And also during that, I was introduced to team Beachbody. And for those that are listening that don't know, maybe you've heard of Beachbody, P90X, Insanity, Turbo Fire, 21 Day Fix, Shakeology. Um, but team Beachbody is, you know, essentially network marketing, And it is that you can sell uh, Beachbody programs and products through a coach because the Beachbody model is that, yes, our programs are amazing, but they need accountability, right? You need a coach to help you uh, get through your workouts and to make sure you're staying on track with your nutrition. So a woman introduced me to that and I thought, why not me? why not me? Right. I would go to these things and I would see all these other people who were making it work. And even though I knew nothing about network marketing, I knew I liked teaching fitness. I knew I liked helping people. I knew I was smart and motivated. And I thought if other people can do this, why not me? So in addition to teaching classes, I started really working my team Beachbody business. Uh, and within a year and a half, um, of becoming a coach, I was able to you know, match my income and do it full time. Insert like income disclaimer, right? Like, uh, independent team beach audio coaches all have to work at their own level, yada, yada, yada. Um, but what I also discovered in doing that was like, huh, you know, outside of the people I already know in my community, I guess I should really be doing something on like this social media thing. And, um, I promise I'm getting to the point here. So what what happened was, um, I, I did, I had barely had a Facebook and I, I had one simply because I had moved from uh, Florida to Texas and wanted to keep up with my old elementary school, uh, teacher friends. I was pretty upset. My space was gone. I really loved making my glittery backgrounds and my (laughs) shutterfly slideshows. If there's anyone not old enough to listen to this, you know, or Uh, not. That's a throwback right there. Yeah. Yep. Google it. Um, but anyway, so I, it's not like I had like this big social media following. I just, I just barely had a Facebook account and that was it. And I thought, well, other people are talking about really building their brand on social media. Gosh, should I become a brand? What does that even mean? 
And so then I thought, you know, pages were really starting to come out and be the thing on Facebook. And I thought, well, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll be a page. I wonder what my name should be. I don't know why I didn't think I should brand my name. I always joke that maybe the divorce gods knew I was going to get a divorce. <laughs> Back to my maiden name and then find the love of my life and become Danielle Natoni, right? So I was like, fit in something. I think I should be fit in something. What am I? Am I I'm not fit and funny? No, I'm not. I mean, I'm funny, but no. You know, fit and fashionable? No. And one day out of nowhere, I was just like, yeah, I'm fit and funky. I don't even know. I don't know where it came from. And um, that that was it. I was like, okay. And I signed up for a Facebook page. And so that's honestly where Fit and Funky was born. And I, I had no idea that it would really become a brand, that it would really become, it's, it's who I'm known as. It's why I always introduce myself as what's up, what's up? My name is Danielle Natoni, AKA Fit and Funky, because I'm, I'm more notably recognized as that, um, than anything else. So Fit and Funky is a couple of things. One, it is, um, you know, just me, the person, the entity. Um, but it's also this idea that, um, you can be fit, funky and full of life, right? Like that no matter where you are in life, that you can work out, you can be healthy, you can be a wife, you can be a mom, you can be an entrepreneur, you can have it all and that it's never too late. So really, you know, fit and funky has just kind of become synonymous with just like this idea of just empowerment, um, you know, healthy, fit, fun, you know, fit, funky and full of life. That's, that's really what it is. And so we just basically, um, we offer this idea of getting healthy on the inside as much as on the outside. So long answer to your question, but <laughs> I feel like I needed to give you a little backstory to understand even where that name came from. Oh, that was perfect. That was, that was, that was awesome. Um, and, and, you know, very revealing with all the, the history on how you went from, Gosh, Florida to Texas, teaching to being a fitness instructor to Team Beachbody to starting your own brand. So, Fit and Funky, uh, that, that I think your website is IamFitAndFunky.com. Mm -hmm. what, what is it that you offer on Fit and Funky? What is that brand? Yeah. So, um, you know, I forgot to mention earlier, you had mentioned insanity. Um, and I, I did forget to mention that piece. So, um, before I answer your fit and funky question, um, I am also, you know, recognized as being part of the insanity brand and kind of how that came about is I did the original insanity. I got really great results, went from fit to fitter, submitted those was asked to be in an infomercial at that infomercial shoot, I met, uh, who is now my husband, Darren Natoni, who was also in the infomercial. Uh, and of course, Sean T, uh, who became one of my very best friends and, uh, also became an online, uh, minister so that he could perform my husband and I's <laughs> wedding ceremony. So he was the officiant at our wedding. Um, but there at that, um, we developed a great relationship and, uh, I wound up kind of working for him. So I have been in some of his videos. I've been in insanity, the asylum volume two. I was one of the modifiers in insanity max 30. And I currently run the Insanity Live um, brand, which is Insanity is now a group exercise class taught worldwide. So I create all the programming for that as well as film the instructor rounds. And um, I'm also a Beachbody Live master trainer for Size Live, which is his, um, you know, cardio hip hop 
dance class and then also for Country Heat Live, which is Autumn Calabrese's um, cardio-inspired um, dance class set to country music. And I film uh, live workouts for those as well. So I uh, really love the video side of things. So that's also another facet of what I do. But to answer your question, um, Fit and Funky, I am fitandfunky.com. Um, right now, I don't technically offer any services other than health and fitness coaching um, and my blog. So, you know, my blog is there weekly just to provide information and to provide value. Um, the long-term goal for uh, IamFitAndFunky.com is um, an apparel line, is a book, is a cookbook, um, and our courses on basically how to do what I do, how to take yourself from wherever you're at and um, to really live the fit and funky way of life. So um, right now, it's just all free value um, with the long end game. Um, currently a lot of those things in the works to be provide more, you know, tools and things based on actually what my audience has been asking for. Right. So my audience all the time, you know, wants to know, okay, what are some healthy meals that you can cook for your kids? Okay, great. I need to do a cookbook. Um, you know, how do I stay motivated every morning, you know, to just live life and push forward? Okay, great. I need to really work on like some kind of motivation and mantra book. Okay. Working on it. Right. So these are just all things that uh, my audience has been asking for. Um, so, the, you know, all the free value up to this point has just really been pointed at serving my audience, finding out who my tribe is, really um, understanding who they are and what they want. And then, of course, you know, I offer health and fitness coaching and entrepreneur coaching through the team Beachbody side of things um, with, you know, the end game of really just building out this brand to be something bigger. So, you know, if I, if I'm like speaking stuff into the universe, I want fit and funky to be like the next Lorna Jane, um, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it does. And actually, um, so that's, that's, that's a great answer, by the way. Thank you for all that information. Um, and I, and I want to dive into that a little bit, your audience building. So you have, you have a huge audience, uh, from what I can tell, and uh, you really aren't building that audience right now off of anything other than free content that you're putting out. So I, you know, I've seen all your Instagram content, uh, your website. It looks like you know you, you have your blog up there. But what what else are you throwing out there, and how how did you build that audience from from nothing? Yeah. So you know. I always get asked like, Danielle, how did you do it? Or, you know, maybe you must've run ads or I will tell you that I have maybe run two to three ads my whole life uh, on social. Everything that I've built has been through organic reach. Um, and what I will say is the number one thing that I have done is consistency. I have literally showed up every single day, no matter what was going on in my life. Um, you know, through divorce, through, you know, moving through sickness, like it doesn't matter. I show up every single day. Like I'm so consistently consistent. You can't mess with my consistency. (laughs) And honestly, that will build social media faster than anything else. Because here's the thing, you know, the people on the other side of your social media channels, they just want to know that you're going to be there for them. You know, they want to know that they can trust you, that they can count on you. And that's the other thing I would say it's been consistency 
It's been trust building, right? Like being 100% authentically me and building their trust. And, and that's the other thing too, is being real and raw not trying to be perfect, not being apologetic, like just being me. And the other thing too, is really sucking at social media and being okay with that. You know, in the beginning, was I great at it? Of course not. But you had to like mess it up to get good at it. And there are still posts you know, that I'll do now. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be good. And then it's not that great. Right. And then you post something like completely flippantly and next thing you know, it has huge reach and it really like grows your audience. So, you know, I I would say show up every single day, be you like, don't try to be anybody else, but you, because there's only one you in the world and people need that be authentic. And also don't be scared to post things that tank because just use that as a learning experience of like, okay, do less of those and do more of these. Right. Um, and so honestly, like, I wish I could tell you, Oh, if you buy this kind of ads and spend this much money, like this is how you're going to build your social. But you know, from just like a fifth grade teacher, like mom, you know, to have the following that I have, I feel like it really just came from the fact that I let my followers know that no matter what, I was going to be there for them. Like I am a constant in their life. I'm going to show up every single day and that builds a faithful following and, and my following is what I would call ride or die for me, right? Like they, you know, are there people out there with a bigger numbers? Yeah. But I don't know if their tribe is like as ride or die for them if they're true lifers. And so that's the other thing. When you show up daily and build trust, your followers are like, they are your family, you know? Um, and so, yeah, anyway, I think consistency is really the number one way to build your brand. Yeah. Uh, no, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And, um, I've heard that so many times and yeah, once I put it into practice, just like everybody else, you start to see returns on that. Uh, so I think that's, that's awesome that you didn't have to like go through any of those like, you know, kind of like black hat ninja tactics to try to build your, your followers. And listen, I'm sure that those are great. And, and I'll be honest, like the reason I haven't done that also is like, you know, I don't know a lot about it and I'm not interested from a time perspective in taking a bunch of courses on it. And that's just not where I choose to spend my time. Right. So does that mean that, that it's wrong if someone goes that route? No, but I choose to focus on my strengths and my strength is really like community building and just connection. I feel like I connect with people on real levels. So I may as well focus my energy there versus trying to learn and take all these courses on like marketing and ads and targeting, right? Whereas that might be somebody's wheelhouse and maybe they're just not as great on personal connection. So that might make more sense for them to go that route. But for me, I'm just really good with human interaction. So that's where I choose to spend my time. <laughs> yeah. um, what is or what was, what would you say was the hardest part about making the transition from working as a teacher and a fitness instructor and kind of moving entirely into what you have going on right now? Yeah. You know, um, it's interesting. If I look back on it, right, I would, I'm super laser focused. I've always had that. I'm a super type A personality. I love the hustle, right? Like I, I, I actually function better when I'm busier than I do when I'm not busy. So like time management's always been a strength for me. So like a lot of the challenges that maybe 
um, somebody who's transitioning from, a, you know, a job to entrepreneurship might experience. I didn't experience, right? Like I, I love task managing and like, and doing all that. What I would say that my, honestly, my biggest struggle was, was I think something that we don't do a good enough job of teaching in general, or there's maybe not enough information out there on in general. My biggest struggle was when you go from just like a paid employee, right? Like a salaried employee. Okay. This is the salary I make. The government takes my taxes out. I submit that and I receive a tax return. It's pretty black and white, right? It's very easy. No one really says, oh, by the way, now you're an entrepreneur. You should be, you know, setting up a separate business account, bank account. You should be setting up separate, um, you know, credit cards. You should be becoming an LLC or an S corp. You should be, you know, saving your expenses and right. Like all these things. So honestly, you know, my biggest struggle was really figuring out the, like the actual financial business side of things. Um, and, and being okay with asking for help. Um, because I think I was a little bit embarrassed that I didn't know about it. Right. Like I was like, I, I should know about this. And so I actually found myself my first full year in full on like tax year and full entrepreneurship, no longer teacher. I found myself in a whole heap of financial trouble, um, <laughs> when taxes came about because I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't know about any of that. Um, and so that's when I would say that was my biggest struggle was asking for help, finding the right people to help you with that. Cause there's also a lot of misinformation out there about that. And I think it's something that in general, like there should be, we, we do such a great job these days of really promoting and encouraging people to become entrepreneurs and start online businesses. And I don't know that we do enough to really set them up for the financial success and security that that requires. If you truly make that full-time switch. Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting to hear you say that, that was the biggest challenge for you because that's, that is a huge challenge. And I think you're right. I don't think there's really that, that, that kind of information isn't really brought forward. Um, you know, most, most people, when I ask that question, it's usually some kind of internal conflict, you know, maybe getting motivated or not believing in themselves or something. Um, but you will clearly have the confidence and, uh, and it was just that, kind of that tactical part of, of handling the finances. But you're right. I remember being super overwhelmed when, as soon as you said LLC and S Corp, I just, it brought me back to, uh, like weeks at a time of, of just wondering like, you know, how the hell do I actually build this thing? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, for me, I, mindset is like, I, I just, I love that. Like, I don't know why I've just, I've always had a positive attitude. I've always been really internally strong. Like that's just, that's just part of my DNA. Right. But the, the financial part of this was just really overwhelming and confusing. You know, yeah. there are still parts that I am just so thankful for a really smart husband and a really great money manager, because sometimes like we'll sit in, in meetings and I'm just like so overwhelmed because I don't understand it. And I would consider myself a, you know, fairly intelligent you know person. And I'm like, this is just a lot. And so for me, I think that's still one of the challenges is just really understanding like from like the financial side of things, like how to truly like, you know, make this, make this work. It's just, it's, there's just so much information out there and there's so many different ways you can go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how many hours a day would you say you spend working between all of those, those brands that you help uh, support or, you know, and fit and funky, you know, all, all together? 
You know, it's interesting. I, I think that I don't know that I can put a number on it, and here's why. There are some days where we're just hustling in family mode, right? Like this weekend came back from, you know, a four-day volleyball tournament with my daughter daughter in Atlanta. So it's just really, I didn't really work, you know? But then there are days like, you know, today where they're at school and they're actually with their dad. And I just love what I do where I'm just like hustling all day, you know, from sunup to sundown. Um, but if I had to put a number on it, you know, I, I like to say that, you know, I'm, I'm maybe more of like a, a 10 to four kind of girl now, you know? Um, but I don't know when you're an entrepreneur and you love what you do, like it's almost like we, Darren and I have sometimes have to tell ourselves to unplug, you know, cause you just get fired up about it. You know, that's why you're, that's why you're laughing. Yep. Um, so because it doesn't feel like work, like it's different when you were like going to work and you were working somebody else's grind and like, you're like, Oh, I'm working eight hours a day. Um, so yeah, I think there are days that I work more than others. So I don't know that I could put a set number on it. I'll just say this. Um, you know, I, I do feel that the amount of work um, is disproportionate to the amount of financial reward I get. Meaning, I feel like I, for the amount of you know financial benefit that my family sees, I don't feel like I work enough. Does that make sense? So yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's you know kind of the weird answer to that question. <laughs> so okay. So with that, um, you know, I know right now you said it's a it's kind of a unique case or or. or I mean, it's not unique, but uh, you're in the situation right now where your your daughter's off with their dad. But uh, when they are home and they're around, um, how do you kind of go about balancing both work and the family dynamic? How does that work? Everything has to be done while they're at school. Because here's the deal. You know, when people are like, oh, I have young kids. I'm like, ha. I'm like, wait until they're older. And their <laughs> social calendar is busier than yours. And um, so, you know, between volleyball and choir and friends and practice and this and that and, you know, meetings at school, it has to get done during their school day. Um, so my deal is, is when they're at school, that's when I work. And when they're home, that's when I mom and, you know, um, and we don't eat out a lot. Right. Cause I really like to prepare clean food. So I've got to make dinner and, you know, I have one exception, which is Monday night at 8 PM is, um, when I have had a team call with my team for years and they know mommy has a team call Monday night. Right. So we do everything that needs to get done before that. And then my other thing is like, then I work in pockets, right? So like if they're at volleyball practice and I'm not going to drive home in between, then I bring my laptop and, uh, you know, I sit inside the volleyball center with all the other parents and, you know, I get on my laptop and I do a little bit of multitasking. And, um, but for the majority, my deal is like, it's got to get done while they're at school. So. Got it. Got it. And so club volleyball, um, I mean, my son's in club hockey. So if it's anything like that, um, I'm, I'm with you. So you, I'm sure you got travel, right. And yep. you got multiple practices throughout the week Yep. and they're older. So, and you have two daughters <laughs> and they're both in club volleyball. So yeah, that's, that's gotta be intense, uh, time, you know, there's huge time constraint there. So, um, so I feel you there. Um, uh, so when they, okay, so you, you multitask, you, you find like little pockets of time, like you said, and, um, you know, kind of comes and goes, but, um, but yeah, so you kind of keep everything between whenever they leave for school and whenever they come home from school. Now, when they come home from school, and I'm sure this is more applicable to when they were younger, but when you were starting to become an entrepreneur and you were starting to make that transition, how did doing that affect the way 
that you raised them or affected the way that you kind of interacted with them about school and their future and you know what mommy does you know during the day and and stuff like that did that did it affect you at all and if so how did it affect you yeah of course it did because i was truly working like 20 hours a day, right? Like I would wake up at four and like basically go to bed at midnight, right? That was the only way that I could build my business online while I was still working full time. And so it was a conversation because, you know, they were smaller, but still old enough to understand mommy's doing this right now. And she promises she's only going to do this for a certain amount of time. But when she does this, it's so that she won't have to do this anymore. Right. And it was getting them kind of fired up about like certain benchmarks and goals. So like if I hit this goal, we'll celebrate together by doing X, Y, Z. Does that make sense? So really like bringing them into the conversation so that they don't just think you're neglecting them and you don't just say like, oh, but I'm doing this for you. It was like, okay, let's get fired up. (laughs) Like if I hit this goal, then, you know, we'll go get ice cream or something. And I promise that I'm only going to work this way for, you know, a certain period of time so that, you know, I eventually won't have to work both of these jobs and just like really bringing them into the conversation so that they can understand why you do what you do. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So that, so they, and they took well to that. It sounds like. Yeah, they did. I mean, we have our struggles, right? Like, <laughs> like any, you know, like I pretend like I'm like the world's best mom. Um, you know, so we've had our ups and downs and our struggles, but yeah, for the most part, bringing them into the conversation just, you know, just really helps. And, you know, now they just kind of understand the dynamic. Like even this week, I'm you know, at the hotel and, you know, my daughter was downstairs with the other girls and she was like, mom, are you going to stay up in the room and just work a little? Like it's just understood, you know, and it wasn't like with a negative tone. It was like, she kind of wanted that for me. You know, it's like, um, I have like a big event this weekend and they're always like, can we come? Can we help? You know? So the more you involve them, the more fired up they get and the more it really does truly become like a family business. Um, you know, my kids wear fit and funky logos all the time and not cause I force them to, but cause they want to, you know, they're, they're proud of who we are and what we've built. So, um, we've built this right because without their support, then none of it would be possible. So I really truly believe you have to bring them into the conversation. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. I have a lot of people that, that tell me that, you know, being a parent is, is kind of more of a, uh, of a hindrance to building a, some kind of entrepreneurial business or, or brand or, or carving out their own path or doing some major lifestyle change. And honestly, I think it's more of a, an enabling like catalyst, you know, than a deterrent. Absolutely. Cause who else are you doing it for? Right. And, um, and if you look at your kids as like a hindrance to something, then you really got to do some deep soul searching and figure <laughs> out like, you know, like you've got bigger problems than building an online brand or building an, you know, building a business. Like if that's the way you're viewing things, like you're, you're missing some internal organs there. They're not, you know, you've got to do some deep searching and personal development. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree. Um, yeah. So, so being an entrepreneur has, has it affected kind of the big picture, um, the way that you, you're raising your daughters and kind of preparing them for the future, especially, uh, I believe you said you have a 16 year old, right? So she's kind of on her way to making some major life decisions here very soon. Um, has being an entrepreneur affected the way that you're preparing her for that or the way that she has started preparing herself for that? Did you, you know, have you noticed or 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, You know, they both, she especially, she knows what she wants to do, so she thinks, right? We all kind of think so at that age. And um, she's, you know, wants to go into criminal justice and pursue forensics. And, um, you know, and she's, we're looking at colleges that really focus on that, et cetera. Um, But what's interesting, though, is, is, you know, I don't know that it changes things, right? Like my little one, um, she thinks she wants to go into military. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, but, but what I, what I know is this is, you know, money can't buy happiness, but it does provide freedom and opportunities. And what I think that my entrepreneurial spirit and are the success in our business has done is allowed me to not have to stress or my children have to stress about what they can or cannot do with their future. So while I, you know, nothing is ever handed to her on a silver platter, right? Like, I just feel like we have more opportunities to take her to things, um, you know, show her different opportunities. Um, and she's surrounded by other entrepreneurs, right? Like, so I feel like, you know, it just, it changes your environment. It changes, um, the way you speak, uh, it changes your view on things. And so I don't know that it's changed her idea of like whether she should like go to college or pursue an entrepreneur, you know, style career or, but I think it's just like really enlightened her to what's possible in life with hard work. And And I think it's shown her that like, wow, if mommy can work hard and be successful, then I can work hard and be successful too. So I don't know that it's really like changed the conversation, but I think it's provided opportunity and awareness and like an appreciation for hustle. Yeah. Okay. So you're, yeah. So you're, you're providing opportunity. You are a role model. You are kind of leading by example, but not necessarily telling her what to do, where to go and what to be. So no, because that doesn't work, you know. No, no, that's great though. And, and now she's so now she's seen, and actually both your daughters and, and everyone around you has seen you go from from both ends of the spectrum, working a nine yeah. to five job, and then creating your own lifestyle around what you really want to do, and and doing it. So they've seen both. They know both are possible, and uh, I, I think that not a lot of not a lot of kids have the opportunity to see that. So you know they're very fortunate to have such a like a like you said earlier laser focused determined hard working mother um and that's that's great uh, so it sounds like a really really good job uh if you could do anything different with your your brands up to this point and you know what you've done with fit and funky and everything else uh what would you do differently you know, it's a great question and I'm going to say nothing and here's why because I truly believe that every mistake we make makes us stronger and everything that happens not only happens for a reason but you know connects us to the right thing the next step um and so I wouldn't do anything different because then it wouldn't be growing in the same pathway. Um I am not afraid of failure, I'm not afraid of rejection, I'm not afraid of screwing things up because I truly believe when you do that on the other side of that something magical is going to happen and and your brand's going to come out stronger. So, you know, have I made mistakes in my brand along the way? Absolutely, and I plan on continuing to make more mistakes. Um but I know that my brand will be stronger for it. So, so uh, I don't think I would do anything differently. I love that answer. That's that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, listen, Danielle, this has been such an enlightening conversation. I got so much out of this, and I know 
uh, without a doubt, 100%, that the audience is going to get a ton out of this. You're extremely inspiring, extremely motivational to listen to. And I just have one more question. Sure. Um, if you were in a situation right now, I want you to picture yourself you know, at a, an event and you're standing on stage and you're speaking at this event and you're looking out and everyone in the audience, every single person is a parent. And all these parents, they have a, an interest and a desire to pursue an entrepreneurial path of some sort and create a lifestyle that they have in their head that they, you know, they really want to make a reality. And they want to build their own fit and funky, basically. Right? Um, they just don't think it's possible given the schedule, time, money, energy, and all the other things that go along with, with being in that situation. And they're looking at you. You're up on stage. What would you tell them? I would literally look at them and say, in the words of my favorite shoe company, just do it. (laughs) Because here's the thing. You can want it. You can wish it. You can think it. But until you take action, nothing else matters. And, you know, I always joke. I'm like, what happens if you try and fail? You don't die. Like, you really don't. Like, you don't like go up in flames. So just start. The worst thing that happens is that you're like, oh, I tried that and it didn't work, but you'll never know. And you'll live a life of regret. And, you know, my husband and I have this saying that the only way to fail in life is to settle for less than you're capable of. And so I would tell them that, and I would tell them to not settle and to just do it. The only way to fail in life is to settle for less than you're capable of. Correct. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I like that a lot. You guys came up with that yourself? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm probably going to plagiarize that here and there. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, wow. No, this has been great. Uh, Danielle, I really, really, really appreciate it. And um, I hope I can touch base with you in the, fu- in the future and see how Fit Please and Funky do. is going and, you know, cookbook and all the other things that you have planned. Um, if anyone in the audience wants to get in touch with you and Fit and Funky and all the other stuff you have going on, how would they go about doing that? Sure. It's super easy. I'm fit and funky everywhere. So (laughs) Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, uh, Snapchat, Twitter, right? So literally you just have to type fit and funky. And then of course my website is IamFitAndFunky.com. Fantastic. All right. And I'll have all that stuff in the show notes. And once again, Danielle, thank you so, so much. I really, really appreciate you coming on. Thanks. All right. Well, listen, you take care and I will talk to you hopefully very, very soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. In Danielle's words, do not settle for less than what you're capable of. That saying, I have never actually heard put that way. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a message that we've kind of heard before, but to put it exactly in those terms, uh, I thought was probably the best execution of that message that I've ever heard and encourage you to kind of say it and think about it for, you know, a good like solid 30 seconds, just really think about what those words mean. I mean, it's one thing to like hear it in a conversation or, you know, kind of understand what it means just, you know, from hearing the, the message in the context over the years. But like, if you actually take time and, 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 and just think about that message just for a second, you know, make sure you understand what you're capable of and what you expect out of yourself. And then make sure that you are focused to the point where you don't settle for anything less. So whatever you think you're worth, and it better be something pretty substantial because this is you in control here. Don't settle for less than that. There's no reason to settle for less than that. And also in Danielle's words, although she didn't make this up, 
Just do it. You know what you want to do. You know what you need to do to get there. Just do it. So with that, guys, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Please share this with somebody else in your life today. Have them listen to the interview. Have them listen to the podcast and hopefully bring some value to their life. Okay, that's it. I will talk to you in the next episode. Take care.